What am I to do? Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, welcome to Razor Branding Podcast. Happy New Year. I hope everybody's enjoying the start of 2021. We're seven days in at the time that this is being recorded, and um, it's been an interesting year already, only one week. So I am so excited to have the illustrious and esteemed Dr. Tate with us today. Uh, And so Tate Martin is going to talk to us about making liquor. Tate, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jackie, for for inviting me. I'm I'm really excited to be on it and to yeah tell the Wildcat Brothers story. So, um, yeah, this is this is an honor. And and, and again, like you said, Happy New Year to, to everybody out there. This is this has been a weird one already, but uh, I, again, I think if we <laughs> we all stick with it, everything's going to be okay. Well, that is the plan. Absolutely. So I do have this whole stack of questions that can't oh, wait to get through with you. But absolutely. before we begin, for anybody who's watching this live, I feel the need to explain the rhythmic motion. Um, I was given a treadmill desk for Christmas. So I'm walking as I'm working every day because, you know, sitting is supposed to be the new smoking or whatever. So I'm, I'm now walking. I've had a standing desk for a couple of years. Now with progressive walking, it's slow going. It's about two miles an hour. Um, but I have to tell you, so far today, I've put in 4.2 miles oh, wow. over in, in three and a half hours. So <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. That's um, awesome. I've been tired and sore every night. <laughs> I go well, to bed exhausted. Well, you know, what's kind of funny, Jackie, and it's it's really interesting. We've, we've kind of incorporated um, a lot of... of well, Gator Cove, as we've we've moved and we're building our our place, and, and for your listeners, Gator Cove is is kind of an iconic restaurant, former restaurant in the middle of Lafayette, and and we have um, recently bought it, uh, Wildcat Brothers Distilling, to turn it into our distillery and, and our our you know, I guess our cultural headquarters. Uh, but one of the things that we do is is as a team when we when we meet, it's you know I'm, I'm coming to you right now from one of our tasting rooms, and uh, but when we meet, we walk around our two acres of property. We want to. Uh, you know, really get to know it. And also I think it, it, it gives us a better connection to, uh, to the place that we work. So, uh, yeah, I, I applaud you, but, uh, but to the viewers, I am not walking on a desk, so I am sitting down. <laughs> and that's quite fun. I, mean, I love the walk and talk. I think that oh, you know, it came from West Wing. Everybody walked and talked on the West exactly. Wing. And exactly. so we, we do some walk and talk meetings around downtown Lafayette when we get a chance, when the yeah. weather's right, the spring and the fall. So I'm a big fan of the walk and talk. Nice. So, Tate, um, you know, I'm sure that you have a lot of experience with alcohol, perhaps from drinking it. Um, so tell me about your background in making it. I mean, this is crazy. So, uh, well, actually, Jackie, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. I mean, I, I am, um, you know, I, I went to school at Northwestern State. I'm originally from Cutoff, Louisiana, which is down south. Uh, went to school at Northwestern State. I was originally going to go for a poultry science scholarship. I had a view of being a chicken farmer, and that didn't work out. Uh, but then I found public relations and found communications and and, um, and realized that, you know, I wanted to learn more after I graduated. So I came to UL. Um, and UL, I got my master's in interpersonal organizational communication and uh, taught there for a couple of years. And I always joked when I left that I would always retire to Lafayette. Um, because I just love the area. And then I went to Florida State to get my doctorate and taught there and lived there and kind of got sucked into uh, the communication, marketing, and ad world there. Everything from, I started out as one of Jeb Bush's communication spokespeople in transportation to being vice president of research for a couple of agencies and even starting my own. Um, And then kind of last year, excuse me, 2019, my buddy David Moe, who's my business partner uh, and the founder of Wildcat Brothers, gave me a call um, when he started this distillery 10 years ago. Actually, this is our 10-year anniversary. So it's a really big that we're kind of excited about it uh, because everybody knows with startups, you can only be successful after 10 years, 10-year overnight success. Uh, so so when he called the first time, he said, well, when he started making booze, because I knew he was going to um, to law school because we were in the same fraternity together. And, and um, we, again, we just connected. So I saw this guy making booze and... I called him up and I said, David, I'm in public relations and marketing. Let me help you. And he said, well, my partners at the time, we want to keep it inside. We're small. Well, then David did something because, again, I, in, in the pre-show, I told you uh, uh, that we're really nerdy here. We, we like to get in detail and, and really you know, get into our products because we're not supposed to be doing this. Um, I'm a scientist, a, a 
recovering professor, a, a teacher, a speaker, and David's a lawyer. So when we approach the industry, we pro- approach it in a way that's really it's, it's scientific, but it's also it's also approachable. So David's question to start this off was, what makes a $7 bottle of liquor different than a $70 bottle of liquor? Uh, Again, spoiler alert, there are two things, great ingredients and great marketing and advertising. That's it. So what David, because we're geeks here, he submitted it to to contests to get notes back. And, And one of the contests he submitted to and when he first started was called the Washington Cup. And that's really one of the, the high level. That's when every American spirit comes together and competes. And they give fantastic notes. Well, David ended up winning one. Uh, so he became, so that's when he kind of realized, hey, this is this is getting big. So um, David went to, you know, he would produce. And then when he needed to go with lawyer, he would lawyer. And uh, 2019, he just called me up and he said, hey, Tate, let's, let's reintroduce that, um, you know, the, the marketing again. And, and I did just like every other good, marketing person said is I'm too expensive for you right now. So, so then, uh, you know, the conversation started and fast forward, I bought a distillery, uh, bought half of it. And then I told my wife, I would not do it in that order. Um, but again, lovely. So, but I told her, she said, so we were retiring to Lafayette and, uh, yeah, we are. I mean, this is, this is really us taking the distillery product. And, and, and like I said, we are, we have people, uh, who are coming and being part of the team because we're, we're really bought into this. Um, not only are we just making booze, but we're really uh, in making rum that's locally grown. I mean, we know where our farmers are getting the sugar. I mean, that's the thing is we're really big into farm to table. But when we took it, we didn't want to be just another, you know, rum or spirits company. So we really developed our company on four main principles. And also, too, Jackie, jump in if you need to ask any questions. Oh, you're doing great. Okay, go cool, yeah, look, get me talking. But when we when we decided to start Wildcat Brothers, we 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 knew that that the product was good and we we brought in other people. Uh, Andy Montesano is our our distiller and he's trained. He's a, a Lafayette native, but again, he started his job, uh, started his life in, in in business and realized he wanted to go back to school. So again, a second career. But when we started, we didn't just say, "Hey, we want to make rum." We said, what do we want to do? Because we're putting all of our lives into this. I mean, we are, I uprooted my wife and I's life from Tallahassee and our chief of staff is from Houston and we have people and board members from all over the country. And we kind of came together and said, the Wildcat Brothers is really focusing on four big things. Number one, conservation. And, you know, you can take it a bunch of different ways, but when we talk about conservation, I mean, I am so proud of my Cajun and Acadian heritage. So is David. I mean, what's funny about this is through our research, we found that the very first documented case of Cajuns in Louisiana, our families were on it. So David and I have been hanging out since 1765. Uh, so so it's really kind of funny that, that we wanted to conserve that, but we also wanted to conserve the way that we made our rum. Uh, we make a very different French-style rum. Uh, it has no backstrap molasses in it. Uh, it's pure sugar, pure sugar cane, and it's, again, homegrown right here in Acadiana. So conservation was really important to us, uh, but also my former life in, in advertising and marketing. I worked a lot in the area of water and public health. Uh, so we're talking about how, you know, as 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 a corporation, we are being good corporate citizens. So conservation is number one. Moderation is number two. Um, as you said in the intro, yes, I have had my experiences having a cocktail or seven. Um <laughs> But when we talk about moderation, um, a couple of years back, I had the, a really profound experience of being um, on the board of my my college fraternity and I had a chance to really talk to to students around the country and, and found that, that, you know, the thing that kept me up at night was how people interact and deal with hard alcohol. Um, so this is kind of crazy, but we're a distillery company talking about, hey, this product can kill you if you if you're stupid with it. This is very so. So we are a mature brand, but we're very much the the brand that just talks about, hey, this is this is real life. Um, and again, pardon me. I mean, we we're not bullshitting our customers because they are part of the process as well. We listen to them, but we also say, look, you have to have this product that is, um, you know, it's, it's used at specific times. The other two that we have is is innovation. There are no more innovative people than people in Acadiana. Uh, and, and again, we talk to people. It, it gets me excited to talk to people who are finding new ways to, you know, do interesting things. But, you know, with us, we, we look at product innovation a lot. We talk to our customers uh, as a researcher. I mean, look, I'm talking to chefs and business managers and 
look, I know that this bottle is comfortable for a bartender to use because we've asked them, we've tested it out. Uh, we're doing different things with our product. So yeah, innovation is a big thing. And then finally, celebration. The world that we have lived in, and again, since since 2019, I, I, 2019, I turned 45 and I joked that that was the, my midlife crisis. And I realized that, you know, it's time to just, you know, stop and celebrate, be thankful for where you are. So, so uh, you know, the whole celebration aspect is, yeah, it could be yeah, a wedding or it could be, man, I survived another day at work or I got through whatever. And, and really stopping and thinking that, you know, taking a breath and saying, I'm here right now and life's good. That's what we're, what we're really trying to, to bring out at Wildcat Brothers. So that was a little long answer about how, how we got here. But, but again, it's, it's, it's more than making booze. Um, there, there are a lot of companies who do that. But when we, when we really get down to, um, to what we're doing, yeah, we're, we're creating booze. We're, we're creating spirits for celebration. But ultimately, we want people to, you know, to stop and appreciate life. I, mean, I think that's, that's a big thing. Right. No, no doubt. And I love that you answered about 12 questions. Hey, right hey. And that was awesome. I um, got you. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't uh, touch on your four uh, kind of core goals. Uh, your last one being celebrate life. Our um, longtime and dear client, Ruffin Rodrigue, that was his philosophy. It has to be about celebrating life. And so with his recent passing, I think that's never been more true and more poignant. And so I'm glad that you're here to keep that philosophy going and to focus on the celebration of life, because I think, especially in these days, we sure. need that more than ever. Absolutely. And, and you know what, Jackie, it's really interesting. And, and, and I was at a, a, a meeting a couple of weeks ago and somebody said, you know, if you had to, kids, I'm a behavioral science scientist by nature. I, I have spent my career figuring out how to get people to do stuff. And when they, they <laughs> got pulled in by a friend of mine, who's also a, a, a scientist. And he said, okay, what's the one behavior, the two behaviors that you want people to do aside from, you know, buying your spirits. And I said, number one, I want them to appreciate and have a conversation, appreciate where they are in their life, no matter what it is. And if it's bad, find a friend to figure it out to, about to, to get out of it. We are very explicit about our, the spirit says, if you're having, if you're depressed, this is not for you. Find a friend, not a drink. Right. Uh, if, if, if you are having issues with it, uh, let us help you. And, and it's really interesting that, that a spirits company is, is being vocal about this. Now, you know, as the PR and the branding, you will see some spirits company, you know, don't drink and drive. And, and the socially conscious, conscious messages that, I don't know, I call it kind of feeling like the default messages that everybody have to put out. Uh but but yeah, we're really talking about if you're going to use our products, let's, you know, use it as a tool for celebration, not, you know, because, you know, it's it's been a rough day or, or you're depressed. I mean, again, we the Wildcat Brothers spirit is is really taking time to, to understand where you are in life, be appreciative of it um, and, and, you know, find the good. So, and I think that you've summed that up quite nicely because a lot of companies say it as uh, a PR obligation. I think that y'all are living it. And I think that's kind of a, a huge difference and an important one. But let's talk a little bit about the company itself. So sure. I know that you're making rum mm -hmm. uh, and you're using locally sourced products, which I love. Uh, is there an, an intention to expand the line? Do you go deeper with more different options of rum? How does that work? Because I don't, I, don't, I don't understand the distilling business. So tell sure. me. That's that's a great question. So um, so in terms of distilling, and and actually the funny thing is that up until a couple of years ago, I didn't understand distilling either. <laughs> so so when when uh, we jokingly and, and actually one of the uh, the things that we do with the distillers, we we call it rum school, and uh, you know visitors and and people schedulers basically takes you through where um, you know we we start out and we distill our product again. It's it's our product's real simple. It's um, Fresh sugarcane, water, and yeast. Uh, it's nothing, nothing too special about it. It's very special in the way that we we do it, and you know, um, calculations and such. But in terms of like the product lines, uh, we start up with sweet crude, which is our our white rum, and then um, that's the basis. We call it the universal donor for everything, and, and it's actually it's our you know, product placement, our white rum uh, here. But but that's that's the basis of everything, and and again that's the one the the spirit that that won the big awards that I, th I think we're most proud of. But then we stick that and let it sit in a barrel for a while, um, and with some cousins that have been around for five years, and we get a dark room, um, which is noir. And talk about actually 
this one. We'll product place this one. Um, so Noir is our dark rum, and it's actually our most popular. Um, talking about the innovation aspect of, of our brand, we're really because because we have the um, you know talk about the public relations angle. Rum is a very difficult spirit to sell because everybody has that bad spring break story. You know, hey, I made rum. Well, you made some bad decisions on that crappy rum you drank. So we have to overcome that. So it's really with innovative talking about, okay, you can use rum in different ways. So now we're getting a lot of people with our dark rum who are using it in bourbon, you know, in lieu of bourbon or whiskeys. And um, so, yeah, so we, we, and we listen to our customers, our customers are asking for it. And there's going to be a lot of variations from that. Um, and then we have, you know, our, our spice rum fifile, which is funny, you know, PR stuff. There's about 37 different ways to spell fifile and you're not going to, you know, make everyone happy. So, uh, so that's our spice rum that went out, but we're, we're now getting ready to come out with, uh, since this is our 10 year anniversary and I like a party, we're going to be having a party, you know, I say maybe virtual party every month this, um, this year, but we're, we're going to be releasing a bunch of new products. And again, I think what's taking, it's taking the product that you have using fresh local ingredients and making it better. Um, and, and really also listening to the customers. So we're going to be, you know, getting samples. I want the community to tell us, Hey, is this great or not? Um, we have fans from all over the country that, that are asking. So we, yeah, we, I, as a researcher, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking to our customers on how to make this better. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So one we have, my, a, we have um, a lot of things coming. One of my coworkers, Jonathan Kaza, you just posted on Facebook, that's his sipping rum. Um, and so I'm wondering, <laughs> do you need some professional taste testers? Because I feel like Jonathan would volunteer. Uh, well, I know Jonathan would volunteer. Absolutely. Uh, and, and funny he brings that up. Uh, this this really is um, the, the sipping rum. Uh, we, we When David created it, it was not to shoot. He wanted he essentially, uh, he jokingly, he wanted a rum that you could sip neat, uh, which means no ice. And he found that, I mean, even our white rum, which is typically, you know, the stuff that's mixed, but as CEO, I think, you know, I work closely with our distilling team and want to make sure that, that our cocktails are not only palatable to the people, but you know, it's, it's, we have a lot of sophisticated drinkers out there, um, not only on the palate side, but also on the company side. And that's why, you know, when we post a lot of times our hashtag is know your distiller or drink local. There's a reason why we sign all of our bottles with our names. I mean, we're proud of this stuff when we put our names on it. So it's not just, um, you know, this is not just a product we sell. This is a product we want to have a conversation about. Um, so, yeah, so I agree with Jonathan. It's my sipping rum, too. I love that. Um, I have some vague college memories that are infused by Malibu and pineapple. Um, and I feel like this is a higher elevation than maybe the rum I experienced as a youth. Um, am I yes, right? it, it is. But we have to overcome that. We have to overcome that that Malibu and pineapple. And again, at times, I think there are there are times when that's appropriate. And there are times when, you know, hey, if, if you're in the right spot. But again, I think that that what we're finding with the market is we're finding more discerning drinkers who want to know where their cocktails are coming from. And they want to know and feel good about the company that they're supporting. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to do here at, at, at Wildcats. We're trying to not only build more drinkers. I want to build more people who are who take chances with our product. I want, I want to have more people who are innovative with our products. So that's why I get excited with chefs and, and customers who say, look, I created this great drink. We highlight them. I mean, this is the thing is that is, is this is our chance to put stuff out to the world. Uh, we're often inviting bartenders and, and industry people and even, even locals uh, when we have events, show us what you're making. And that, that excites us to see that, that, that not only are, are people interacting with the brand, but they're using the products that we're so proud of to, to do something great. Right. I, I love that. Uh, we have another Facebook comment from Lauren Shuffler, who is saying, walk faster. I think that's a comment to me, not you. Um, and let me Thanks. tell you, I'm maxed out here at uh, 2.5 miles an hour. I think this is about as fast as I can do it while still having a conversation. So what, does it does it go like full blast? Can you oh, yes. run? Oh, okay. Well, oh, that's... yes. Oh, yes. Now, I say, I, I say I if we do that. the lightning round, if we do the lightning round, I think you should go at least sprint. That seems fair because you'll be talking. <laughs> but if I have to listen, I'm going to fly right off the back of this thing to a wall. Gotcha. Uh, so 
If I, obviously, after listening to this, am going to want to go sample every Wildcat Brothers product out there, where do I go for this? Are you on store shelves? Are you in, in my neighborhood bar? How do I find you? We are absolutely. Actually, the easiest way to find us is go to wildcatbrothers.com. And on the top left of the page, there's a nice little spot that says find our rum. Um, and, and what's been interesting this past year um, is, is, you know, when we – when we originally, David and I partnered in 2019, the original goal was I was still going to be, you know, the research director at an ad agency in Florida. And I was going to help him with stuff. And we were just going to double his production from a thousand bottles a month to maybe two. Well, we both have control issues. And, and, and in 2000, we realized that, Hey, if we're going to put all of our eggs in this basket, let's just go full blown. So 2020 was about getting on shelves. So, you know, in terms of growth, we are, uh, we're actually by this time, we're on over 100 shelves, not only in Louisiana, but across the country. Uh, we're expanding to more states in queue uh, in, in the first quarter. Um, so it's pretty exciting to see how, well, how other folks are, are really responding. And, and we think it's because, you know, we are, we are taking a different view with our distributors and also our partners selling it and saying, how can we help you make this easier? How can we help you tell our story better? Um, you know, I've had everything from a a salesperson, you know, FaceTime me because some bartender wanted to ask a question. I mean, that's that's how we are. Um, and I think that's that's why it's, it's spreading across the country. And, and we're pretty excited about that. I love that. Hearing all of the backgrounds of your people, like just about your entire team, this is their second career. They've been established and successful, and now they've come into this new direction. How do you continue professional development for your team? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think I think the easiest way to do it is is work in an area where you have no damn clue what you're doing. <laughs> so, so uh, and again, feel free to quote me on that. So we jokingly say, again, that we're not supposed to be doing this. So we really have become, uh, you know, we, we've we've gotten full blown in, in into the industry. So um, we are we are actively um, involved with the American Distilling Institute. We're actively involved with, um, you know. Local, um, well, we're actively involved. Well, when it gets back up again, with local tourism and and, and local um, uh, various agencies locally. But but yeah, I think I think in terms of professional development, um, it's all about right now just kind of really better understanding the 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 industry for those that this is their second career. Uh, and luckily, there's a lot of of uh, available resources for that. I'm also really big into mentoring. I mean, even as CEO of the company, I have my mentors. And, and what we find is that we all have, everyone in the company has that person on the outside that they can go ask the no BS question to and get a real honest answer. So I think that it's a nice mix between professional development of if there is something that our staff needs, yeah, we talk about it either internally or we can provide that. But also we're really big on on coaching and mentoring and, and um, yeah, that one-on-one. I love that. Yeah, well, thank you. Now, um, I appreciate that y'all have uh, basically been an overnight success, uh, but (laughs) you do have a big anniversary coming up this year. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. 10? Our 10-year anniversary. So so what's kind of unique is is, – so just to let you know a little bit about the name, I mean, David and I, the brothers part, uh, we're fraternity brothers. So that's the, the name. And the, but the Wildcat, 10 years ago, David, when he started this distillery, uh, it was really called, it was originally called Rank Wildcat Spirits. Now, again, in, in marketing, the word rank is probably not there, but the, the term comes from the oil field. Um, a Wildcat is kind of a wild ass idea that people like a Wildcat well is a well that somebody's never drilled before and it hits and it makes a big deal. So, when David and his partners, they were in the oil industry, and um, when they told our boss they were you know, going to go out and do this, he said, well, that's kind of a wildcat idea. And he said, hell, that's a good name. So we kind of kept it. Um, yeah, so for 10 years, we've been growing. And, and, and really, this 10-year this anniversary, um, we kind of have a, a saying here. I mean, we, we pride ourselves in busting ass every day. There is the power of toil here. I mean, we, we – and I think that's one of the biggest differences of of being in the ad agency world, of maybe being behind a computer or with research. Of now we're actually, you know, some days I'm doing everything from bottling to building stuff to, you know, talking to a congressperson, lobbying to, you know, doing strategy. So it's it's a, it's a different way of uh, of growing, and I think that's going to be this this year. I mean, we are 
we're redeveloping uh, Gator Cove. And, you know, the community's been such a part. We're going to bring you into it. We want to show you what we're doing as we're doing it. Um, in addition to that, 2020 has allowed us to say, look, we've made it 10 years. What exactly do we want to be as a company? And, and as we move to Gator Cove, um, yeah, we have space for distillery. But what I also noticed with our staff is that we have a lot of makers and artists and creatives. So, hey, let's let's really encourage and, and, and nurture that. So my actual office is around the lathe. Uh, so I have a computer next to my workshop, and that's where I work. And, and that's the thing is that I found that the more I'm creative, the better I can be as a CEO and actually as a, a, a marketing guy. And I think that that we see a lot of that in our staff. We we encourage people to take chances and to take risks. And if you fail, fix it. I, I mean, that's that's what I think we're missing a lot in, in industry. And, hey, this is our second job. We don't know what we're doing, but we're trying things and we're doing things right. So, yeah, so that's I think that's going to be the big theme of, of our anniversary is, hey, we busted ass, let's celebrate. Where do you see y'all in 10 years? I think in 10 years, um, you know, what's what's kind of interesting. Uh, I think I think big and expansive, expansive. Um, as I said, the original goal was to jump from about a thousand bottles to two uh, a month. Right now we're doing roughly about six to eight. I'd say probably within the next couple of years, it wouldn't be unique to do 25,000 a month. Um, so we're looking, we're looking to expand, but we're also, we also want to expand smart. I mean, this is, this is a product that we're making that we're so proud of. We do it for ourselves, but we're also finding that when we satisfy our, high, our high level of expectations, customers appreciate that and they want to be part of it. So I think in 10 years, I, I think we're going to be um, on more shelves. I think we're going to be, hopefully continuing the march of um, saying, look, there's there's a great way to have cocktails, but don't be stupid about it. I think we're going to continue that conversation. Um, I think we're also going to continue the conversation of, you know, a, a phrase that we have at Gator Cove that I use often is, is, you know, use the resources where you are and make something incredible. Uh, you know, use what you got where you are and make something awesome which I've started to use what you got, where you at and kick ass. <laughs> and I think, I think that's, that's the whole concept of, of being able to, to share that with the community and to share that with, you know, the, the people who use our stuff. Uh, so in 10 years, I, I hope to still be doing that. You know, it's going to be a, a bigger company, uh, hopefully. But, but I think one of the things that, that culture is so important for us. Uh, and, and, you know, as CEO, I've, I've joked that, I'm pretty sure it's a Ritz Carlton. If you go to, you know, you can ask everybody from the CEO to the, the, the room service guy, what are your foundational principles? And they can spit them out. I think that's the thing that we want to do here is we want to make sure that people understand what they're doing when they, they work here, when they become part of the Wildcat Brothers family. Um, and, and what I'm excited about is that we're finding people who are saying, uh, yeah, this is, this is an interesting thing to, uh, to be part of. So, yeah, this is, our next 10 years is going to be a whole lot of fun. That is awesome. Yeah. You referenced it earlier, and I want to circle back to it. Y'all taken over Gator Cove, which is this amazing Wait. property on the thruway right by the airport where I used to get all my crawfish. Now I know. Moving yeah. on. That's okay. I'm fine <laughs> with it. So beyond including the opportunity for makers, what else do you see, imagine, that you're going to grow on this physical property? Because you've sure. got what, makers? Uh, yeah, we have we have about two about two and a half acres, um, and, and there, there are different uh, buildings here. And one of the things we're doing is, is originally when we started out pre-COVID, um, we were looking at at really creating the the place for you know for tourists to come. And, and but when we stopped and we thought, you know, let's really focus on what what's going to make us an integral part of of the Acadiana community, but also what's one of the things that that we enjoy doing. So so I think that as we grow, we're going to continue uh, growing our factory here, tasting rooms, but we also are going to have facilities for. Um, you know, classrooms and meetings and, and private events. And right now, you know, with COVID, uh, we're, we're not open to the public, but there are people who rent private events and, and do, you know, socially distance things uh, under the, the regulations of the government. That's great. I think as we go up, um, we want to make the space available for lots of people, but we also want to, to be specific that this is not going to be a bar. This is going to be think more like the Tabasco factory rather than going to, you know, like say a, a brewery where you can hang out all day. We want to invite people to the space. But um, if you've never had government regulations like owning a distillery, uh, you know, we we have to we have to make sure that that is safe. So, yeah. Well, so we're finding ways to better incorporate the community, better incorporate the culture of the community. Um, 
into what we're doing. So yeah, expect a lot of um, a lot of interesting things. And what we're, we're going to do is we're going to be posting out all of our um, information on our website, both wildcatbrothers.com, gatorcove.com, and also uh, on our social media channels. So yeah, that's that's one of the great things is, is we have a pretty connected audience. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what's going to happen at Gator Cove. So be expecting a lot, uh, specifically from the the creative and arts community. But ultimately, realize that at the end of it, we're going to sit down and have a cocktail. As it should. Be. <laughs> As it should be. Now, you did reassure me pre-show that the peacocks are staying. The, um, pe- the peacocks are. <laughs> They rule the roost, and the funny thing is that the peacocks are not are not our peacocks. They are they are the peacocks for the the area. So they just kind of hang out. But yeah, they they are staying, and uh, we have a love hate relationship with the peacocks. But they are they are definitely uh, one of our mascots here. Well, so two things: one, you, there's a new addition to the tribe. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, there is. There, we had three new uh, peacocks lately, and there's a nice little albino white peacock roaming the the hall. So yeah, we call her Blanche, and she's she's kind of she's gotten used to us. That is awesome. Um, and then secondly, no one owns them. So where did they come from? We have no idea. What when we bought the property, uh, the previous owner Jay Voris told us that, and, and actually we're seeing it now. The the, the swamp behind our property is. Uh, an amazing wetland for bird watching, which actually, you know, you talk about the future of what's happening. Um, yeah, there may actually be some bird watching and cocktails because there's an audience for that. Um, but but that's the thing. Evidently, birds love this area. We have a lot of ducks and spoonbills. And so yeah, it's evidently it's like the Star Wars bar with birds here. We have lots of wildlife at Gator Cove, which makes it interesting. That is awesome. I yeah. love that. Uh, so we have a question from Facebook. Jessica wants to know, what's one of your favorite stories to tell from your last wild 10 years? Oh, my gosh. It's a um, for public consumption. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's a, um, you know, I don't know. There's so many, so many great stories. I think, I think, gosh, I'm going to have to think on that one. I, I think one of the things is, is I just enjoy, I enjoy solving problems and I enjoy, yeah, I, that's oh gosh, I'm gonna have to think on that one. Okay. Yeah, let me let me think on that. I'll come back I'll, to it. I'll let you circle back to that. I'm gonna yeah. give you in a kind of a different direction. You just slipped it in like it was nonchalant that you used to work for Jeb Bush. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So, so well, I, well, I worked in his administration. I, I sure. used to I used to joke. Uh, so I was at Florida State teaching public relations, and I used to joke that I would not teach public public relations in two fields, uh, government or pornography, because people get screwed and it's tough to talk about them, you know, on TV. <laughs> and uh, and one day I, I had the opportunity uh, because that's when I thought I was going to be an academic, and and a colleague said this spot came open, and a colleague said, "Hey, we think you know you ought to do it." So I took. I took some time off and and went and worked in the Bush administration. And it was, it was interesting. So I did, you know, I was involved with a hundred year anniversary of the, of the interstate to, you know, dealing with, with, um, well, dealing with the hurricanes in Florida and, you know, being in a bunker with it. So it's, it's been some interesting things, but um, yeah, I've, I've loved, you know, I love my time there, but I also love my time not being in politics. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's kind of funny. We joke, we joke here at Wildcat Brothers and at Gator Cove. We don't talk politics, um, and, and that's you know, and it's it's what's funny is that when we say that, the people who come here, um, yeah, we find other things to talk about, and it's it's makes life a lot better. Sure, but yeah, it was it was it was great working for for his administration, and and uh, again, it really, um, it really got a chance to see you know government at work, and and I have a I have a lot of respect for Governor Bush and his staff, and 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 again, I think that was a it was a really good time for, um, yeah, for us to be, for it, it was it was a good time to get some milestones in the life of a public relations or marketing practitioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely to do that. Whew. Absolutely, absolutely. So from your agency days, what's your favorite story, project you worked on, client you interacted with? You know, I, I was, uh, that's interesting. I think one of my favorite ones, uh, and it's actually timely here, um, when, when I worked for the agency Marketing for Change, uh, we we did a campaign for the Florida Department of Health back when the bird flu was coming to America, the, the pandemic flu. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, and you can still see some of the, the um 
work out there. It's called the Fifth Guy Campaign. Uh, there was some research done, um, especially with with that. We did a whole campaign about stopping the spread of the pandemic flu, and we never said the word pandemic flu because we got to the point where people didn't give a crap about it. And I think that's a, a lot of the things that you're seeing now with with uh, Corona. But we, what we did find with the research was that people gave they, – they cared about how they looked to other people. So we found some research out there that uh, I think Pew did. They literally st- stood in bathrooms and watched people wash their hands. And they found that four out of five people didn't wash their hands. So what we found – oh, no, four, 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 four out of five people did wash their hands. One okay. person did – yeah, I'm sorry. Pardon me. So, so when we started getting back to the behaviors and we, we found that when you told people if you got the flu, you get real sick or you die – they didn't care about that. As you know, in marketing and PR, death is not necessarily the, a big motivator. No. So what we did is we started focusing on, let's imagine what this fifth guy looked like. <laughs> so we did a whole campaign about the fifth guy and about how he was gross and he went to work and stuff. And it really, it really, uh, it was picked up by the CDC and some other states, uh, but it was all about washing hands, staying home when you're sick and covering your cough with your arm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's still pretty timely today and, and uh, you know, it's actually been picked up. So I, I think that was that was one of the the unique times that we did, because one of the the PR things we did is we actually had the guy who played the fifth guy in the commercials go to public places and he actually carried around a urinal with him. Oh. So um, so it was kind of funny to see pictures of people from Florida at a rest stop taking pictures with this guy with a urinal. So uh <laughs> Yeah, but it was so that was funny. So, so that, I think that was probably one of my my favorite and, and interesting clients here. Um, I think with with getting back, I'm getting back to the favorite Wildcat story one. Sure. Uh, 2019, we got invited to uh, the governor's the old state capitol for the uh, there's a um, an event. It's basically the politicos. Uh, it's essentially the, uh, the the state's Halloween party. So we got invited to serve our drinks there. And it was the first time we did our spiced rum. And um, it was it was just amazing to see. And that was really my first time to, to get in with the industry. And it was kind of good to see, you know, people enjoying our product, but also, you know, fitting in the industry. So it's, you know, it's, it's not a whiz bang, you know, thing, but it was really good to have the first time to really be proud of of people taking a sip that you had a hand in making and, and, and really appreciating it, appreciating it. So that's, that's the thing that's to really stick with me. That's awesome. I well, love that. Yeah. Back to your H1N1 story. I find that the only group of people who like to Monday morning quarterback more than fans of football are marketers. Agreed. And so we love to look at campaigns and think, I'd have done that better. My message would have been better, whatever. So as you compare your experience in, I'm guessing it was 09 with H1N1, mm-hmm. and you look at what's happened in 20, how would you have messaged this pandemic better? I'm not talking about the political stuff, but sure. just is it six feet masks? What would you have done to get the word out there? You know, I, I, think, it, I think it goes back into the, there's the – I think a missed message of personal responsibility of, of being part of a larger group. And, and I think, I think it really goes back. And, and one of the things we look here with, with the conservation and celebration aspect of, of Wildcat is, is really bringing and building a community together. And I think that's a problem that we have, you know, not only societally, but, but I think we're stuck with our cell phones and we're, let's talk to people now. So I think that, that finding a way to bring that personal responsibility and, and really bringing back the, the, the the pride in in you know being American and looking out for your your fellow people. I think I think that was an opportunity that was missed. Uh, but also too, I think you know people should be washing their hands more. <laughs> and I think I think too, and that's one thing that that amazed me, Jackie, is is when we did the H one N one stuff earlier. I'm sitting here as a researcher, going, why in the hell are we going to spend all this money teaching people to wash their hands? But yet they needed it. They needed to have that discussion. And, and I've seen stuff from the CDC and public health. You know, they're bringing those out. But I think I think maybe earlier talking about the scope of, of this thing could have could have helped. Um, yeah. So so I, I agree with you. I'm glad I'm not the only farmer marketer who doesn't Monday morning quarterback. Oh, we all do. <laughs> stuff. We all um, do it. Well, and, and you know, and what, what's interesting, too, is is I think now my position being, you know, in manufacturing, having the the mindset of marketing right now i'm looking as a guy who's producing products okay how can i invite my friends who are in the former field you know who are i work with in the my former life to help out and i'm looking i want to get you know i can see us envisioning bringing 
you know, ad agencies here to, you know, not only help us name product and design, but also develop stuff. I, I want to, you know, create those kind of communities here. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think co-creation is a big, uh, co-creation was a big opportunity missed with the pandemic. You didn't ask enough people, Hey, what's, what's going to move you? Um, right. yeah. So I think that's, that's, what was a missed opportunity. How do you have those conversations as a researcher? Do you rely on surveys? Do you have face-to-face? Uh, tell, talk to me about your process as a researcher. Sure. So, so I, I am both a quantitative and qualitative researcher, meaning that I've studied and, and used everything from surveys to focus groups, to interviews to, uh, so yeah, I use a little bit of everything. Um, basically I think with interviewing and, or, or with, with research, it's, it's really not being afraid to ask or, Ask questions. So, I mean, I'm, I'm point blank. We'll ask questions. I, I, I think that's one of the things of, of, I also want people interacting with our products. I, I think that's, that's a big thing, but what I found with the research, and this is actually from, it started out of my dissertation days, but I kind of figured out this model of, of getting people to move. And really, really, this is how I frame my research, no matter if it's, if it's asking questions in a survey or, or having an interview, I've really come up with a process called FFCC, and it's it's function, feeling, compatibility, and cost. And it takes all the brain science about how people work and act, and it really it, it gets into how to get them to move. What we know about the human brain is that um, when you tell people or you ask someone to do something, they're immediately going to start fighting in their brain. From the lizard brain, which is their feelings and their functions, it's to make them feel good or whatever, and asking, oh, why should I do this? And that's where I think sometimes marketers, they they miss the boat. They either don't tell them specifically why you should be doing something or the way they present it is horrible. <laughs> so so and, and we we oftentimes think that, you know, if I tell someone the message, they're just going to do it. And, you know, that's crazy. So I think that what we need to do as researchers or when we interview, we automatically have to begin realizing that there's a battle internally between the emotions that I just got versus the what you're asking to do. A good example is you know, the, the, the commercials with smoking, somebody sees a black lung, they go, I'm not going to do that. Or the Sarah McLaughlin dog commercial. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You hear the song and you click the, the thing. Okay. So that's, that's a feeling thing in your brain. It, ta- it told you this is going to make me depressed. I'm going to get away from it. So you miss the function. So once you find that balance, you go into compatibility. That's where whatever you're asking people to do, you have to make it available to them or it has to fit into their lives. So for example, you know, we have people now going, hey, you've been around or 2020. We don't, you know, you're not marketing very much. No, I'm getting stuff on the shelves because if I tell people to go out and buy things and it's not there, it's going to piss them off. So compatibility is that aspect. And then finally, cost. Uh, we have to ask people, we have to think about when we do research or planning, what does someone have to give up to to interact or to be part of whatever behavior you're asking them to? So again, it could be price of rum, or it could be, hey, I want to associate this with my brand. So I think when it comes to research, I'm always looking at those four lenses. Um, and, and again, I, I found that through surveys. I found that through um, through simple interviews. But but like I said, at Gator Cove, I mean, we're we're really focusing on, um, you know, we're looking at some technologies of of uh, we want to get know what people are doing with our booths. So we're trying to find ways of, you know. Finding ways that people can interact with their cell phone or our bottles. So every time they pour a drink, they can tell us what kind of drink they're making. I mean, we're getting that detailed. Um, so so we want to know what our customers are doing. So in terms of research, I'm all over the board, but I think that that's okay. Um, yeah. How about, how about you? What, what What's your – I always like to ask other practitioners. Sure. What's what's your go-to um, you know, in terms of research? I mean, I love the face-to-face conversation. I think yeah. the more you can have conversations and really dig into why people are doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and what we need to say to get them to do something differently, that's when I feel like we've kind of found that little nugget, that little secret sauce. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think surveys have a place. I think focus groups have a place. Um, I think just observing behavior, like standing in the sure. restroom and watching who's washing their hands, all have a place. But when I can have that conversation and really ask dig in to motivation or, you know, throw some open-ended things and see which direction it goes. I think that the, the, the gems that come out of that are just invaluable. Agreed. Because right now, if you take a look and, and this is when I, when I started doing research 20 plus years ago, it was a lot easier to do, to do it. Now people answered the phone, people, people wanted to give right now. There are, and, and look, I'm, I'm very thankful. And I, 
have my research colleagues on my prayer list. It is difficult now because of our society to get somebody to freely answer the phone and tell you, hey, this is what I think. Right. So, so yeah, I think as, as practitioners, we're going to have to look at different ways and we're going to have to be more innovative. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think that, that as, as a product person, I'm, I'm absolutely concerned about that because I want to see how people and I want to talk to my customers. And I think those who aren't, who aren't doing that are missing the boat. Oh, I agree completely. What advice would you give to the younger you? Um, don't take yourself so seriously. I think that's one. Um, I think the younger you is, well, is, is it's okay to fail. I, I think that's the one. And I, I see that a lot with people now. I mean, hell, I fail at least two, three times a day. I mean, and that's okay. Um, I think that taking chances and, and being able to move, that's, that's really, I don't know. I, I would tell myself not to be as scared. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the thing that's, that's missing a lot with, with some of our, well, again, I'm sounding like the old, you know, okay, boomer. Um, but I think, I think that's missing in our society is not being afraid to, to take a chance and just, yeah, go out and do something crazy. I, I like that. Yeah. Who is your longest standing friendship? Is it your partner there at Wildcat? Um, I have a lot of them. I've, I've been I've been blessed to have uh, lots of friends, and, and and that's the thing is is a lot of the the people who are involved here have been involved either um, in fraternity life. I think that that David and and Doug, my two business partners, are definitely my long term friends. But I also have friends from high school that you know I talk to every couple of months, and it's like we never skip the beat. Um, you know, I have my, my friend Scotty and his daughter, who's my godchild, Morgan. I mean, you know, I'll see him every couple of months, but it's like we, you know, we never skip the beat. So I think I think also that friendship and that connection is important, too. What uh, would you say that they like the most about you? Uh, I'm blunt. <laughs> I'm, I'm and I'm delightfully inappropriate at times. I think that's fun. Um I was I was prepped for this podcast as to not say too many bad words. Um, and, and again, I've, I've I think that's the thing is is I I have realized. I mean, I was I was the type of guy as a, as a kid who you know worried about everything, and you know I joked once that you know I would go to football games and thought when they were huddling on the field they were talking about me. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was very much. You know, I, I was very much, uh, and I stole that from somebody. I can't remember what it was. Awesome. But but then I realized, hey, nobody really gives a shit. Just go out and do yourself. And and that's when it really became. And it was, and I can remember this. It really was a time when sitting down internally, going, eh, it's going to be okay if you mess up. So when David and I created this company, we actually created our own coat of arms and stuff. And, and at the bottom, um, in the in this you know discussion of building the company, we found out that one of our heroes. Uh, mutually not known was the Marquis de Lafayette, um, which, you know, our town is, and we were looking, we found in his family coat of arms, <clears throat> it said in Latin, cur non, which in Latin means why not? And that's kind of the, the, the thing that we have here is that, okay, if it's in the lane of distilling, if it's in the lane of craft, if it's in the lane of, of, you know, making us a better company. Yeah, let's try it. Let's not be scared. Um, what we have been blessed with is that that we have a partner and, and, and we have a product that that people love, which which allows us to sometimes take take different chances. It allows us to expand the line, but it also, and as CEO, I find ourselves doing it. We never have to. We we have to always remember that to never forget about the products that are bread and butter, and to continue making them better and to see how we can incorporate that. So yeah, I, I think that's. That's that. That's the thing that that's you know really drives us is that that why not attitude. I love that. Thank you. That is the perfect segue to our lightning round. Uh oh. You ready? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Favorite place on earth? Um, I would say my living room with my wife. I know that's kind of good, but I I travel a lot, and and there's there is no better place that I like to be and just feel comfortable hanging out at home. Okay. Movie you can't turn off. Uh, there's a bunch of them. I, I think one of my favorites is, um, the big Lebowski is one of the movies of the Godfather series. Um, if we're getting old, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's a good one. Uh, if we're getting even older, some like it hot, that's an even better one. So good. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place with those. So, uh, yeah, I, I and again, that's another happy place. My couch watching a movie. I love it. Um, My wife will tell you I fall asleep halfway through. But, uh, <laughs> that's why you have so many favorites. People... That's right. Absolutely. Favorite show, uh, favorite TV show to binge watch? Uh, MASH. 
Oh, you know, we were talking about that the other day. Has to be the best series finale in TV history. I agree. I agree. I agree with you. Has to yeah. be. And that's and that's the thing is is when I grew up, it was it played ten thirty at night after the news, and I would sneak my TV on to my my house, and you know, it was being rebellious. And yeah, now I'm hooked. Yeah, it's so good, um, and it's held up well. I mean, yeah. some of the you know more inappropriate jokes are more inappropriate now, but otherwise, <laughs> it's, it's it's well written and it's well acted. Agreed. Okay. And it's about the humanity of people, and I think yeah. that's always going to be important. Uh, favorite book. Um. That's a that's a what I think as a kid's book, The Giving Tree, as a as a real life book that I use often in my work. Um, Patrick Leone is the ideal team player. Oh, yeah, it's that's an amazing book. And actually, I, I tell my my staff and my leadership team, you want to know how I'm thinking about and picking people to be part of the team. Read that book. It talks about. Everybody on your team needs to be hungry, humble, and smart. And, and that's that's where I'm going. Um, a book that I look at from the organizational standpoint, anything by Philip Kotler and Peter Singley, Singy. I'm, I'm not really a book person because I have an attention span of like a caffeinated flea. Um, so so I'm more of, of like an article person. I'm more of – and I'm also more of – if I'm interested in stuff, I'll just call a person up and talk. I mean, so that's – yeah, so I, I really appreciate having these kind of conversations. Uh, but yeah, so that's, those are my, my book selections. Okay, um, I do stand corrected. Jonathan Sachs has reminded me that Six Feet Under was a darn good finale. So duly noted, Jonathan. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Jonathan. Duly noted. Um, present company excluded, favorite podcast? Um, wait, wait, don't tell me. I love that one. I love, um, oh my gosh, what's the name of it? Um, Story Corps is another great one. If you haven't heard story, I love hearing people's stories. Okay. Basically stories, and I'm not sure who did it. I think maybe the Smithsonian was was part of it. But basically they just put microphones around the country and people just told their stories. And it is unbelievable. It's kind of like Humans of New York, but bigger. But it, but instead of the picture, it's literally like a mom and, and daughter sitting next to a microphone and talking about their big things in life. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, Spectacular Failures is a good one. Uh, if you haven't read that one, it's basically how how companies really screwed up. So uh, I'm I kind of listen to that one to you know try not to do what, right. what they've done. Yeah, all in on that. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, favorite car. Favorite car. Um, the the car from the Monsters, the movie, the the TV show, the Monsters. I'm not a car guy. I'm I'm like the guy who drives the same car until the wheels fall off. Because sure. I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, I don't have time to spend money on a damn car. Uh, so I think that like I've always been intrigued by the the, the car from the Monsters and the old Batmobile. Oh yeah. You know, I'm I'm simple. TV show Pow Pow Batmobile, right? Exactly. Not the fancy one. I want the one that looks like some kindergartner drew the yellow line on it. That's what I'm looking for. Yes, when they still had colorful costumes for Batman. Exactly. Exactly. No George Clooney nip situation. <laughs> That's um, right. Favorite festival? Um, so so locally, Festival International, which I haven't been to in a while because I was in Tala, I was in, you know, been away for about 20 years. Uh, but also a shout out to my hometown, the Cutoff Youth Center Fair. That's a good festival. And the, the okay. uh, French Food Festival down in La Rose. So, yeah. So it's some hometown shout outs. I love that. Uh, pettiest pet peeve. I I don't like stupid people. I mean, I really, that's, I, I, I don't know. This, and by stupid, I mean, I'm just, I think I'm okay with people having an opinion. I think everybody should. But I'm also, as a researcher, Tell me why you believe that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm big on triangulation, which means you know just going to a few places for find information. So yeah, I, I kind of get irritated with people just spouting stuff when they don't. I don't. Don't have a backing. So I guess that's my pettiest. That and um, crying babies in restaurants. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I know it's kind of deep, but yeah. No, it's fair and valid. Um, and so I would circling back to the pettiest pet peeve. So it's not just them being dumb; it's dumb and boastful. <laughs> so those yeah, are the yeah, that's it, and that's it. I and and I'm and when I say that, I mean it, it's it's. And again, that that was a, a an off the cuff, but I think I think it's really about people who, yeah, they they they're boastful and they don't have a backing of of what they're saying. So yeah, I think that's right. That's a pet peeve. Uh, I hear you. Uh, favorite musician. Uh, 
this is going to be weird, but it's it's a tie between Snoop Dogg and Elton John. I actually can see that. Yeah, I uh, I have been to more Snoop Dogg and Elton John concerts than I have anything else. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 those okay. are my people. Yeah, they did a duet. I mean, would that just I, be in your mind? I would I would cry and you know sit with a cocktail and just be amazed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally see that happening though, and maybe they would do it at Martha's place. Like, could you imagine how great that would be? I mean, well, hell, not that. I want to have a Gator Cove. Let's do okay. this. I mean, come okay. on. <laughs> um, do you karaoke? And if you do, what song do you perform? You know, I've been known to karaoke a little bit after a cocktail or two. Um, okay. You know, I have I can throw out some Love Shack. I can throw out some, um, you know, I've... So it's not I've, Tiny Dancer or something from the Snoop Dogg? No, no. I mean, I've been known to, you know, throw out some gin and juice, but uh, I... I <laughs> You know, I, I yeah, I've, I've <laughs> I'm more of a watcher of karaoke. Okay. Actually, actually, I had a um, when I was a professor, I had a, a assignment one time. We was I was teaching a theory class, and I had my class go to a, a, a place and, and do horrible karaoke. So they got a contest for people who did it the worst, and it was all about you know getting through your feelings. That was the most hilarious. So I love to go to karaoke, and hell, let's just you know. I would love that. I would win watch, that. Watch it and be bad. If you're going to do if again, why not? If you have a microphone or something, get up and do something. Stop. Absolutely. Doing, Favorite live, sport? Live your life. Favorite sport? Uh, curling. Okay. I think, you know, because that's an Olympic sport that a big guy like me could do. And I'm, I'm, I'm back in that one. Uh, bowling, I would go with that one too. Big no, sure. I'm, I'm a Saints fan. Um, uh, you know, Good UL day. fan. Uh, UL Northwestern Demons, uh, you know, you lost me. I know. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'll uh, on the first two, and then I'm well, basically any place where I owe a, owe a student loan to, I'm going to support their team. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So that's yeah, those are my favorite teams. I mean, you got Florida schools, you got Louisiana schools. Oh, got, look, I, I, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. So you know, it's a good customer base. Let's face it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, favorite meal or food. Um, I am in Louisiana. It's it's gumbo, but I'm I'm a pizza guy. Um, I just but I just like to eat. I mean, tell as you can tell, been to Cajun saucer in Arnoville. Not yet. It will change your life. I, I am I am on it. No, for real, your pizza guy. It will change your life. I First will. ingredients you get to eat outside. There's a brewery right next door. I'm already digging. I will it. Check, check, and check on you. I am already digging it. Okay, good. Uh, favorite leisure activity? Um, I like to, to my decompression is making stuff. So I am a woodworker and a glass worker. And, and um, yeah, I, I like to create. I, I come from a family of uh, really artistic people. And I was, I was lucky um, in that sense. And, and not just like my parents, like my grandparents made stuff. Um, so it was, it was a thing that you did. And, and uh, one of the things that, that we're having here at Gator Cove is, you know, it's a, it's a workshop because most of my profound memories as a kid and, and where I learned most of my lessons in life has been, I've realized it's been in a workshop, either my dad's, my grandparents or my own. I mean, it's, so I think, I think my leisure activity is getting in a workshop and building stuff. Um, yeah. So if I'm a person who makes things, which I'm not, sure. Um, would I get in touch with you so that we could go distill my vision together? Absolutely. And, and, and funny you say that, um, that's one of the things that, that we joke about Wildcat Brothers distilling. I mean, we've had people, you know, either, either from my former life or whatever. Yeah. We, we still contact us. And, and that's the thing is we, if you want to have an idea, both from the, the spirit side or again, a creative side, I mean, we, we are looking to build this into not only a place where you can get a good drink, but also create something, make something. Uh, and, and that's what I think a lot of people are not doing these days. Um, yeah, we, we want to create more people who are creative. And, and that's going to be the space that we're making here at Gator Cove. I love that. I mean, it worked for George Clooney and Ryan Reynolds. So I think we should all go out and sell our liquor brand for a billion dollars. Amen, sister. I'm well, your, your lips to God's ears. But here, hey, but in the meantime... I'm building, this is my retirement home. Like I said, I'm retiring in Lafayette. So the people that we're bringing to work at Gator Cove, I mean, we have such passion uh, and and love for the stuff we're doing at Wildcat Brothers that we're creating a place that we want to, this is our career. I mean, we we get, you know, talks about the cells and stuff, but but again, this is, this is a place that we 
are creating every day that we want to get up and work, go to work at. And, and it's, it's a special place. And, and um, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, but, you know, awesome. that may change for a billion bucks. Uh, I, I think that seems fair. And <laughs> that, you could keep the Gator Cove property and the maker space and just, you know, sell the recipes for the liquor. Amen on that one. And then we can keep going. So Jonathan Sachs, still weighing in, uh, would happily take you on a pizza tasting there in New Jersey. Even within the town, we have multiple places, uh, but you might need to bring some beverages. Absolutely, Jonathan. Well, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I believe we are going to be in New Jersey this um uh, actually, in, in Q1 or Q2. So um, look, uh, yeah, look for us uh, up there. So we will. I, I'm going to take you up on that. Don't worry. You should. He's a pretty awesome guy. So between Absolutely. beverages, pizza, and TV shows, I think y'all can spend about three days together and not stop talking. There will be Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, I need to know when this happens because I may need to schedule a work trip for Jonathan and I to work on some project <laughs> in New Jersey at the same time. Absolutely, I'm ready for it. All right. That seems fair. He says, tell me where and when. Um, Tate, I cannot believe it's been an hour, but it has. This has been delightful and enjoyable and you're awesome. And I cannot wait to visit your place once tours are allowed again. Absolutely. We we can't wait to invite you uh, here. And, and again, thank you so much for, for giving us this opportunity. It's been great. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who watched and commented and participated in our shenanigans. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. 